This is The View from the Couch podcast, and I'm your host, Pierce Wiesenar. On the program today, I will be reviewing The Dark Tower. Stephen King has had countless books adapted into movies, but there has always been one story that has eluded the big screen, until now. For about a decade, a film adaptation of The Dark Tower has been in the works. First, it looked like J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof would bring the series to the big screen after wrapping up Lost. But after three years of hype and headlines, nothing materialized. Next, Universal tried to get it off the ground with Ron Howard in the director's chair, and for five years, it looked like The Dark Tower would get its feature film debut. There were talks of having a television show that would bridge the gap in between movies, but with production costs rising and production start dates getting pushed back, Universal and Howard ultimately passed on the project. And after Warner Brothers took a look at it and later passed on it, The Dark Tower found a home with Sony. Howard stepped out of the director's chair but stayed on as a producer, with Danish director Nikolai Arcel making the jump from the European film market to Hollywood and blockbuster fare. With every major studio in the business of adapting anything and everything, from emojis to board games, The Dark Tower seems like the type of thing that would fit right at home at any studio, and with a well-known author like Stephen King, there is a certain brand recognition that few books can provide but almost every major studio had the chance to adapt it and passed on it. Why is that? Well, The Dark Tower is a book series that has eight books and blends together numerous genres. With the story so large in scale, boiling all that down to maybe a movie or two is incredibly difficult. Game of Thrones is a textbook example of adapting the impossible, and for all of its success stories, we have seen some of the problems the show has run into. So, for a studio to invest time, and most importantly money, into a property like this, you really have to do it the right way. Or, you're left with something that angers fans, bewilders the film going public, burns a hole in your pockets, and is a stain on your reputation, making audiences think twice about spending money on any of your future films. With the recent track record that Sony has, The Dark Tower has a lot to do in order to win over fans. And the film does little to win over any fans, because the film does almost nothing to win anyone over. The Dark Tower is bad in a way that few films achieve. For all the years of excitement, the film does not come through. With two of the biggest stars around in Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, the film wastes their considerable talent. It's safe to say that The Dark Tower will rank among the worst Stephen King adaptations and the worst films of the year. While film is a visual medium, you still need a good story to bring together the many parts of the film. The Dark Tower is a story that is told across thousands of pages, and the runtime of this film is 95 minutes. Clearly, there is not enough time to tell the complete story of The Dark Tower. When adapting this story, the film cuts out a lot of stuff. I, like many in the audience, haven't read the books, but from what I've heard and read about the books, there is a lot of stuff that the film didn't cover or skimmed. The film starts with some text, but fails to provide any context, so the audience are left reading words that don't have any impact or meaning. Every English teacher tells their students to show and not tell, and from the start of this film till the end credits, we are being told instead of shown what is going on. When the film gets around to the opening scene, it's confusing, vague, and is all part of a big dream sequence. Please don't start your movie with a dream, because when the character wakes up, the rug is pulled out from under the audience. There's a laser, a tower, some kids, and Matthew McConaughey wearing a funny-looking hairdo that changes throughout the movie. It's just what the doctor ordered, a perfect way to turn off your audience to the movie. And if you think it can only get better from here, 
Sadly, you're mistaken. Our main character is a kid. Now, I'm pretty hot or cold with child actors. Either they steal the show, or the film is limited by their acting ability. And it certainly doesn't help that our cast is hamstrung by a dud of a script. A script that is written by four people, all of which are adapting the work of someone else. So you get the picture that this movie isn't very cohesive, since there are so many different voices in the writer's room. So I can't give a full assessment of the performance of Tom Taylor as Jake Chambers, but he wasn't an interesting enough main character for me to get on board with, and his performance did nothing for me. For much of the first act, the film is concerned with the mental health of Jake. The many adults in the film are worried that the dreams he is having about the gunslinger, Man in Black, and the Dark Tower all stem from the loss of his father. None of it is real, and Jake is just having a really hard time. But we, the audience, all know that his dreams are real, because if they weren't, we wouldn't have bought a ticket and the film would be radically different. The first act is a rough watch because the audience has more information than almost everyone in the movie. If you're going to talk about mental health, either do it right or just don't do it at all. The Dark Tower goes through the motions, trying to deceive the audience and create tension where there is none. The film tries to paint all the adults as the bad guy and make us root for Jake. But if you think about it for about half a second, you can see that the adults aren't the crazy ones and are trying to do the right thing. But because Jake is right and these dreams are real, they're somehow wrong. Since the main character is a kid, you get the feeling that The Dark Tower is kind of a kid's movie. There have been a handful of other kid-friendly films that follow the template of the first act. But when the second act begins and we reach Midworld, everything changes. The introduction of Idris Elba is great because who doesn't like Elba? He's got a great track record, and he is one of the main reasons you're going to see this movie. However, for all of the considerable charisma and screen presence we've seen before, in The Dark Tower, Elba is like sandpaper. He's rough, gruff, and is emotionally detached for the entire film. When the film pairs Jake and our gunslinger together, it's really hard to not bolt for the door because they have zero chemistry, and we are forced to spend the rest of the movie together with them. It would have been nice to see them maybe start out at odds with one another and then grow closer together as the film goes on, but that never really happens. They try to bond over shooting guns at cans and repeating the Gunslinger's Creed. That scene ends with a close-up of Jake saying, I kill with my heart. If an 11-year-old boy is looking at you, the audience, dead in the eyes, saying, I kill with my heart, and that doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, then I don't know what will. The film sets up their relationship as a makeshift father and son team, but you'd never believe that they have that sort of relationship if you watch the movie. It's a forced pairing that never works out for all of the screen time that they share. On one hand, we have a kid that is not interesting, and on the other hand, we have a guy that is supposed to explain everything, but simply doesn't want to talk. So for much of the second act, we are stumbling around in the dark, trying to make sense of it all. And then the film ends with Roland telling Jake that he has nothing left on Earth and that he should return to Midworld with him as a companion. For all the trouble the film had with Taylor and Elba, at least McConaughey was fun to be around. He was the only person that appeared to be having a good time, and the only character you'll want to spend more time with. The only problem is, The Man in Black is poorly written, like the rest of the cast of characters. There's little to no exposition which would help clear up the motivations of our villain. Why does he want to destroy the Dark Tower? What does he hope to achieve upon its destruction? Is he evil for evil's sake, or does he have a hidden agenda? None of those basic questions, among others, lead to sensible answers if they are answered at all. And worst of all, he is a sorcerer. Now, I don't have a problem with magic, 
If used correctly, it can provide a film with a deep bag of tricks that can be used to amaze the audience. However, with magic, you need to show the audience the rules and give it strict guidelines, because if you don't, you can get something like this. A guy that can do almost anything he wants, and the audience doesn't know why or how he can do those things. So when the film ends in a battle between the gunslinger and the man in black, we see a character who can kill people with words, catch bullets out of thin air, has telekinesis, can create fireballs, and has a wide assortment of magical gadgets at his disposal. And then he'd die from a trick gunshot. So you're left wondering, how is that possible? During the run-up to its Friday release, one headline about The Dark Tower caught my attention. The film is 95 minutes long. Normally, that is not even a talking point, but it became one because the story it is adapting is a sprawling epic. Many were left to wonder, how can you tell the story in such a short amount of time? Now, not all runtimes are the same. You can have a movie that feels bloated that doesn't even last 90 minutes, while you can sprint through a movie that's about two and a half hours long. It all comes down to the movie's pacing, and for The Dark Tower, everyone's worst fears were realized. This film could not run any faster to the end credits if it tried. When looking back at it, The Dark Tower is the bare bones of a movie. It looks like the editors cut everything they possibly could have and have it resemble a movie. All of that comes at the cost of having a film that can be understood by the audience. So many things are left underexplained or just not explained at all. The film is moving so fast that you don't even have time to know what you don't know. Instead of taking the time to explain a few things, the film tries to move along in a way that you won't notice what it's doing. Days before The Dark Tower hit theaters, Variety published an article that covered the perilous road to getting this picture to theaters. There were reports of trouble when it came to the editing of this film. When Arcel showed an early cut of the film to Tom Rothman, the main man at Sony, Rothman didn't like it. Rumors spread that another director was going to be hired to do reshoots and give a different cut of the film. Ultimately, that never happened, but the changes to the initial cut did. This isn't to say... This isn't to say that all edits, rewrites, reshoots, and alternate cuts are bad. It's just another example of a studio trying to save something and failing. We will never know if the initial two and a half hour cut was any good, as it will never see the light of day. But surely it can't be worse than what we get on the big screen. After test screenings brought back poor reviews, Sony tried to write the sinking ship with producers Ron Howard and Akiva Goldsman getting more involved, which only added more speculation that the film is a product of having too many people involved. Not to mention the notes that came from Stephen King, The Dark Tower looks like it was doomed from the start. When Sony got the rights to The Dark Tower, they entered a deal with Media Rights Capital, also known as MRC. That might help explain why the film is such a mess. Sony and MRC co-financed the movie, as the latter held kill rights, which would mean that they could kill anything they didn't like, which includes the final cut of the film. So there was a little power struggle between Sony and MRC, which culminated in getting so many people involved in order to appease both parties, all of which takes a great source material and turns it into a train wreck of a movie. The Dark Tower is problematic on so many levels. The director is unknown at this level and appears to be out of his depth here. There is a tug of war between studios with many people getting involved and ultimately creating a mess that may or may not have saved the movie. It's all hard to tell because The Dark Tower doesn't have any story of note to tell. The film is adapted from a book by Stephen King, and I have trouble believing that someone like King could write a story so lame. For all of its imagination and wonder, taking the audience to new worlds with magic and the like 
The Dark Tower is dull, uninspired, and lacks a way to connect with the audience. Of all the key questions left unanswered by the film, this one looms largest. Why should I care? If I had to give this film a grade, I would give it an F. If you like the show and want some more episodes, just subscribe for more, and don't forget to rate the show and to share the episode. This has been another episode of the View from the Couch podcast. Thanks for listening.